630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Fogle back to the blue line. Russell will shoot it just wide of the Golden Knights net. Puck sent towards the goal by Fogle. That's blocked. He'll keep it in. He'll give it to McLeod. Side of the goal. Quick pass. No shot. Comes back to the line. Scores! Chris Russell in from the left wing point. And he gives the Oilers a 1-0 lead. Well, why be a Golden Knight when you can be a Cowboy? Chris Russell, the game winner this afternoon. His first goal since March 17th. 2019 the Oilers win again 4-0 over the Golden Knights Mike Smith brilliant in net 39 saves for his second consecutive shutout by the way he did have three in a row earlier in his career playing for the Phoenix Coyotes March 29th to April 3rd 2012 he had three clean sheets in a row so something to work towards the next time he's in net for the Edmonton Oilers who get their 44th win of the season they are 44 26 and 6 CeCe Fogle and Ryan Nugent Hopkins also scored he is now credited with the Oilers shorthanded goal that really put it away late in the third period we are live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford overtime open line well first of all how about Mike Smith injury riddled season had not looked great <laughs> when he had played for you know most of the time he's now up to 13 9 and 2 on the season and his last two starts literally unbeatable well I, i'm glad that uh, he wasn't moved on like there was a lot of people that wanted him to he, he's been excellent he uh, has given them quality start after quality start uh, he always has the intangibles and uh, the Oilers benefit by his ability to get out and get the Oilers out of trouble by stopping the pucks on the rims, making the plays, moving it up. Uh, that's always been something that has set him apart. But right now, he's also given them quality saves. Uh, big saves at big moments. He looks calm and controlled in net. Uh, at no point tonight did, did it look like, uh-oh, this, this could slide by him. Mean, now you're thinking nothing can. That's we And we've seen Mike Smith in those stretches where... It, the other team may have them, the Oilers under pressure, but you're like, Smith's not letting one in. He's, he's on his game right now, and I just can't see him uh, being beat. And that, that, that's good for the Oilers as they go down this final little stretch and into the playoffs that uh, their goaltender is, is playing as good as any goaltender in the National Hockey League. They have Koskinen who's given them quality starts, but right now, if the playoffs started tomorrow, Mike Smith would be your starter. All right, let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's number 41. Speak to as a goaltender watching the way your team played in front of you. That's looked about as complete a game as you know, the Edmonton Oilers can play, certainly against a team that's battling them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, keep, I guess we keep saying that after the last few games, to be honest. So I think it's, it's something to be said about what we're doing, what uh, guys are committed to doing and putting the team first. And uh, I think everyone's just committed to, to winning. And you can you can tell you can tell there's a second and third effort there's a there's a willingness to to block a shot or box a guy out or the little things it takes to win hockey games we talk about all the time and when you do it on a consistent basis you get good results and I think we're getting that right now and you've had back-to-back -back shutouts this must be the, the best you've felt all year I mean you're definitely on top of your game it certainly looks that way seems to seems to feel like that I guess but uh, yeah I mean I I mean, I've said it numerous times. I think you, you just, at this time of the season, you want to be on the top of your game and be a big reason why you're headed to the playoffs and in the playoffs and playing your best games to 
give the team a best chance to win. And that's all I've been focused on. I've been not dwelling on what's happened before or in the past. Um, that's out of my control now. So I've been focused on my next game and and really been working hard to get it back on the rails and, and feel like my last month or so I've been really playing some solid hockey. Just one question on Chris Russell. He doesn't score too many, but he got the game winner tonight. Russ is the last two games he came back in the lineup after not playing in a long time and that just goes to show just what kind of professional he is and he's just a warrior out there. He just does a lot of little things right. He's not afraid to block a bisky and and uh, I have a tr tremendous lot, tremendous respect for uh, the way Russ plays, um, especially the circumstances that, that have kind of arisen in front of him and he never complains. He just goes about his business and works and when he gets a chance to play, he's played uh, great minutes for us. Thanks, Mike. Mike, uh, just back here. I just wondered, does this game, does this effort um, mean more given that you did it against Vegas, a team that was, you know, hot on your on your trails here? I mean, you look back at the schedule now and saying that about every team we've played. So I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you have an idea what the standings are like and where Vegas is at and, you know, their game they played against Calgary. So I think we understood where kind of we sat and obviously there's no, I mean, it's not really a time to let your foot off the gas, to be honest. You can be, you know, we, we understood where we're at in the standings and, and the team that was coming into our building and we want to be hard to play against here. And we had a great first period and kind of kept it going throughout the game. Uh, as a goaltender, I don't, you can tell me, I don't know if you care much about your team going 11 forwards and, and seven defensemen or not, but the fact that you have seven guys that you can work in on the back end right in front of you, what do you think that means to the to the team? It just shows the versatility that we have in our lineup. I think it's uh, it seems like we're getting contributions throughout, you know, a lot of different players. And I think what, since Woody's came in, he's made it known that everyone's going to get a chance to play and be an important part of this team. And like Russ coming in the last couple of games and different guys coming into the lineup that have played important minutes for a group and that's what it's going to take to to get to where we want to go it's you know injuries happen guys aren't going guys need to step up and you just you know you got to find ways to you know contribute to the team and I think guys have really grasped the team first mentality and and uh that's a big reason why we've been winning hockey games yeah, this to to win a game like this one, you know, commanding four nothing win, and McDavid and Drysdale don't get a point. That's got to be good. I would ask you, is that a you know, does it make a difference? Is it nice to win a game this way when the big guys don't win it for you? I mean, they're a big part of our team, obviously, and but I thought Connor has been driving the bus. Whether he's pointless or not tonight, I, th I thought the way the way he's working away from the puck, obviously everyone knows what he can do with the puck, but I don't think he gets enough credit for how he's um, really committed to the de defensive side of the puck and the battle level, the compete level. When you see your captain that's over 100 points and where he's at as far as the, the scoring race, and then you see him competing like he is, I think it doesn't give you any excuse but to jump in and... and play the way he is so I think uh, it's been impressive to watch obviously they score most games so for them not to score and us to still win that's pretty good yeah do you you know the school of thought is it's it's maybe less important where you finish in the standings and more important how you're playing when the playoffs begin the playoffs are close you guys haven't played any better than this all year how do you feel about that no I, I mean I think I said that before I, I think it's more important how you're playing 
going into the playoffs and you want to be going in on a high and, and playing your best hockey and you don't I, I'm a huge proponent of it's not a switch you just flick on and off when you want it's it's the game's too difficult winning's too hard as enough as it is you can't just flick it on and off and just decide you're going to win a hockey game now you got to be doing the right things that it takes to give yourself a chance to win and that's a big reason why he's been having success guys have bought into that and uh, had that mentality and we're getting rewarded because of it Mike, just jumping off something you said before about Jay coming in and sort of making it clear that everybody was going to be a big part of things. Uh, I mean, how much of a difference does that make when, you know, the players are empowered that way, top line, fourth line, you know, sixth, seventh defenseman? Is that a real tangible thing right now that everybody is sort of made to feel part of it and given a chance to pull on the rope? Yeah, I mean, it's not always perfect. You know, everyone wants to play more on, on any given night, but... It's, it's, I think it's the buy-in part. It's the buy-in part that we're all in it together. We're all trying to accomplish the same thing. And, um, you know, whether you're playing big minutes or not as important minutes, everything that every shift counts in this game. Every shift counts. If you look back at it, it may not look like anything, but sometimes it's just killing the clock. And that's as important as someone going out there and scoring a big goal. So I think, well, I think our team's starting to understand that. And like I said, that's a big reason why we've, we've been successful here. You've been around this league a long time and seen a lot of different types of coaches. But what would you say about the way Jay has been able to do that with this group? And this is his first time as a head guy in the NHL. So just, just your thoughts on his touch here. Details. Details at the forefront. They're, I mean, he talks about them every day. And, and, you know, he preaches on them. And it's the little things that mean so much in games that, that he, is, he is all in on. And, you know, when you, get, when you can get all your players on board with, with the details of the game, the back pressure, the, the gaps, the putting pucks behind, the little things that add up over the course of the game, over the course of the season, that's a big reason why we've, we've, we've had success here with Woody. Mike, as the excitement seems to be building here, I'd like to hear your reaction to this post-game. Yeah, I mean, amazing. The buildings, to hear it as loud, it's been, you know, the last number of games. Obviously, there's a buzz in the air, and it's, it's this is why you play. It's, this is why you play, to play important games at this time of the season, and it's uh, it gets your juices flowing for sure. So I think in, in a market like this, to have, you know, the people... The full building, the people outside, obviously, and then you can feel it, you know, the buzz in the air. So it's it's exactly why you want to be a professional athlete, why you want to play this time of the season, and why you want to play in important hockey games. That is Mike Smith, the shutout this afternoon, 39 saves, Edmonton 4, Vegas nothing is your final. Smith in his last nine starts is 8-0-1. He does have a loss in there. He was credited with the loss or dinged with the loss, I guess, in Calgary. When Edmonton lost 9-5, and he talked about you want to be playing well into the playoffs, you want to be taking care of the details. Well, the Oilers are 14-3-2 in their last 19 games. That's pretty good. That's the way you want to go. Um, to me, no team can be successful without good goaltending. It doesn't matter if you got the two best players in the world or an all-world defenseman or whatever it is. You need goaltending to win hockey games. And both goaltenders, Koskinen and Smith, have been very good for a long stretch now, more or less since Jay has taken over, and Mike Smith has taken it to another level. He's playing right now like he did last year when he was uh, got some Vezina votes. Uh, he's that good. And it's just a confidence thing. If you're a player and you know that if there's a mistake made, you have someone with your back, 
it's easier to play free or up front. If you're if there's a worry that if there is a mistake played, you don't play free, you feel handcuffed, and you're trying to be perfect, and you don't take that slight chance. So right now, the goaltending has been good, and that allowed the Edmonton Oilers as a team to be good. Back downstairs, here's Jay Woodcroft. The uh, two points. <laughs> Can you speak uh, to the, uh, uh, the meaning of... Uh, I know you haven't mathematically clinched anything yet, but essentially uh, uh, most people think that uh, you've secured a, a playoff position and home ice advantage in the first round. Can you speak to all that? Yeah, I, well, this is just on the game today. I thought it was a good hockey game. Our fans uh, were treated to a game that um, saw chances both ways. I thought it was very exciting. We've, we got better as the game went on. Uh, it was excellent, and, um, you know, we're going to enjoy this one. Uh, it is two points that we secured. Um, we have a few days to in between games to rest up and, and really um, feel good as we mount our way down the stretch run here. Um, you know, for us, it sounds cliche or boring, but we are just trying to stay uh, narrow in our focus. And uh, we took care of today's business. Um, proud of our group today. Jay, can you talk to, you seem to have all the bases covered today. You got really good goaltending. You got two goals from people who don't score much on defense. And you got a shorthanded goal. Is this about as, as textbook a, a victory in a big game as you've seen? Well, yeah, I thought we got contributions for up and down the lineup. I thought we played really well in Nashville, too. I thought that was an excellent road game for us. Uh, different people are finding ways to contribute, and that's what good teams have. Um, a lot of con contributing and productive players. Uh, it's a credit to a lot of work that they're putting in. The, the way we're asking our players to play is not an easy style, um, but our players are putting the work in, and it's fun to see them execute. Uh, is it nice to see Chris Russell hadn't scored a goal in three years? Yeah. At that goal? Yeah, now he'll stop telling me that he scored 35 in junior. No, I am very happy for Chris. Chris is, you talk about somebody who's a, uh, a team team first individual, someone who lays his body on the line. Uh, and for him to score that big goal for our team at a critical time in the game, I thought it was excellent. And you talk about Mike Smith's play, especially in the mid first 10 minutes or so in the hockey game when Vegas had lots of good chances. Yeah, he, he made some big saves for us, allowed the team to get its sea legs. And uh, like I said, I thought we got better as it went on. Um, their team played hard, created some chances, and and Mike was big when called upon. So a great game, two really good ones for him uh, in a row. Uh, it's not easy, and, and but he's making it look like it is. When Mike was struggling, you know, some people wrote him off saying that that's pretty much it for him. How did that, how much of that did you see that fuel him? And what are you seeing differently from him now than when he was fighting the puck a little bit earlier? Well, to be honest with you, I think Mike's a, a true professional. And so uh, he understands the ebbs and flows of uh, an NHL hockey season. He's not going to be perfect every single night that he plays. So I think he's uh, someone who has uh, self-confidence about him. Uh, I think he honestly self-assessed his play. I think he put the work in necessary to feel good about himself. And uh, we're seeing the fruits of that labor uh, down the stretch. He's been excellent.
And I just want to ask about Yamamoto. He took that shot from Bush, hobbled off, come back, did the boot, did the foot swell when he took the boot off? How's he doing? What a warrior. Yeah, hey, exactly. A warrior. Uh, no, he's, uh, he, he, you know, it's a bruise. And uh, I was proud of him that he came back and finished the game for us. It seems like uh, sometimes when you go 11 and 7 uh, you, or even 12 forwards, you, you, you struggle to find some ice time for the for the last two or three guys. Just people aren't going or you like your top nine. That didn't seem like it was the case tonight. You got uh, Cassian and, and uh, McLeod some, some real minutes. So what did you like about that rotation and getting the, the 11 guys? Well, I thought Zach Cassian played one of the best games I've seen him play since I've I've been here in, uh, since mid-February. I thought he was simple, straightforward, direct. I thought he was physical. Uh, he made a nice play on the on that first goal. Um, he, he was very good for us tonight. And McLeod, I think, is a real versatile guy. I, I feel good about him playing against the best players in the world. He plays on the penalty kill. He plays on the power play. And uh, I can move him from center to wing and, and not feel any issues about it. So his versatility is a real uh, advantage. Advantage for us. Is that kind of like the perfect game to, to have 11 and 7 when it's, when it's like kind of going like that? To, when you're finding ice time and you're. Did you, did you feel like it kind of worked the way you, you wanted it to work? I guess is a better question. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we found, um, and we've been pretty consistent in the minutes that that were distributed. But uh, I think when you go 11 and 7, what happens is more forwards play a little bit more. Um, but if you had asked them, I, I would say that playing a little bit more gets them into the game early uh, because we're asking them to do more right off the bat. Mike Smith just talked about the level of detail that you're coaching with and the things you're asking the players to do are very specific and the buy-in, like McDavid through everybody. Uh, with maybe McDavid and Drysaddle specifically because they're on the ice so much, what have you seen buy-in-wise from them to those real specifics you're looking for? Well, yeah, I would I would say that it starts with them. They're, they set the work ethic tone for our group. They set the detail tone for our group. Uh, I don't think either one of them had a point today, yet they were the two happiest guys on the bench uh, when the clock was ticking down. They want to win. They're driven to win. Um, you know, we ask them to do a lot, um, but they're happy when when other people um, score goals, when other people uh, get ice time. Uh, I think they're great leaders, and uh, they're doing what it takes uh, for the team to win. I think when you have that attitude from those guys, um, it resonates throughout your dressing room. Now, you asked about specifics. I think their work back to their own end, their defensive conscience um, speaks for itself. That's uh, a big reason why um, we've had two shutouts in a row. I know it's Easter weekend. I was at practice yesterday, and it started with a bunch of kids on the ice out playing, I assume, with dads and such. Uh, people at home can't see, but lots of family have been coming and going today. Uh, how much is it appreciated, you think, by the players in there when family is able to be around? And it seems like that's important to you for your group to have. Yeah, I think so. I think we want to create an atmosphere where families are welcome and, and uh, celebrated. And we know that um, none of us could do our job the way we have to do our job if we didn't have the love and support of our family. So um, I think the side benefit to it is when all those kids are around, it, it it gives a little juice uh, to the room. I feel like we're going to go easier on you with these kids all 
<laughs> here, like we're not going to be as hard on you in front of your kids. Yeah, that, I think that's what it is. Yeah, you're taking it easy on me for sure. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Another victory, four nothing over the Vegas Golden Knights. Woodcroft's record now twenty-one eight and three behind the bench. I, I was at that practice yesterday. Rashad was talking about it. At least one of the kids was Mike Smith's. I, I think both of them were who were up before practice. Uh, regardless, you can sort of tell who has potential, even when they're young. And they both look, you can just tell the posture and the stride and the, well, it's funny. the smoothness. Like the, They were young, but they look pretty good. Over the course of my career, I got to, to play with a lot of different players who had kids around the dressing room. And, and there are some that are playing in the National Hockey League now. So it, it happens. Uh, the apple falling from the tree not too far. Uh, and, and these young kids get to, it, it's neat. The kids have this great thrill being around an NHL dressing room where their dad plays. And players, they love having the kids there. It, it's, it's like the, the Pee-wee, I don't know what it's called now, U13 hockey team that has a, a parent-kid hockey game at the end of the season. Uh, the parents love it. So uh, it's nice when a team incorporates family as part of their, I played on teams that wouldn't allow kids in a dressing room, and I've played on teams that would, and the teams that would, those are the ones that have a much better family atmosphere, and the players love playing there. Really, some kids, some teams wouldn't allow it, even on yep. special days or whatever. Well, they, I mean, they just wouldn't have special days. But I've been okay. and when I was in Pittsburgh, Bob Johnson, when he was the coach, guys always used to have their player, kids around the dressing room all the time. It'd be like morning skate uh, on game day, and they'd be in there. The kids would have to leave when you're doing your uh, meetings and stuff, but they'd be around. They'd go into the training room. I remember Giro, what was it? Delorme. Can't remember his first Gilbert name. Delorme. Yeah, is that well, is he the, the defenseman? I played with the guy. I probably should know. But his kids, they used to have carry hockey sticks around all the time, and they just two-hand you right across the, the shin. They played just like their their father did. and uh, But it was fun having the kids around the dressing room. It, it just, you'd get into little hockey games with them. They'd sit and talk with you. They'd steal things. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the guy, Gilbert. Gilbert Alarm. Yeah, his kids were, they were crazy in the dressing room. I wonder where they are today. <laughs> Well, glad you survived. <laughs> uh, Oilers win 4 nothing over the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, there were those comments there about Chris Russell. I mean, that's a great story for him to score. It was kind of a funny play because it looked like maybe the, <laughs> the moment had passed. Yes. Uh, the pass went to Cassian back door. And you're thinking one time open net, and then he held it and held it. Now the goaltender's flip-flopping. Uh, he held it just long enough that he took the eyes of every Golden Knight player over to him and Russell read the play and jumped in and by the time the puck came on net there was uh, about seven or eight players in front of the net. I don't believe Thompson saw it. But yeah, I agree. I thought the, the moment was gone when Cassian didn't shoot immediately. But good on Russell. He only scores big goals. That's why he waits, you know, three years between goals. He wants to make them important. But what you love about this game tonight, Russell with a goal, CeCe with a goal, Fogel with, his, with a goal. Uh, unheralded players come up with big moments. And with the playoffs coming, we all know that playoff hockey is when you, all of a sudden heroes are born and the Oilers could, would love to have a bunch of these players contribute come playoff time. Yeah, no points for McDavid, no points for Dreisaitl. No, they certainly had chances. Yes. They, they were close to a couple, but... That is significant. I can tell you that Chris Russell was the subject of set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it on our face-off show. So he set the line at four and a half, his hits plus his blocked shots, never thinking he was going to get a goal. Uh, he gets two hits, two blocks. Oh, if you added his goal. So it's under. So Jillian will win the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card, I believe. Uh, you know Jillian, and she also wanted to say happy 13th birthday to Claire. Oh, okay. Hi, Jillian. How are you? Isn't that the coached? Uh, I thought 
Maybe it's a different Jillian. I don't know. You I coach a lot of kids. I do coach a lot of kids. Did they say Jillian's last name? We're not going to say. <laughs> we can get it from Angie during the commercial. Okay. Hi, Jillian. Okay, 4 nothing. the Oilers win. $400 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates Unrivaled Experience, Unrivaled Commitment, Unrivaled Results. Trent Brown was here in Studio 99 before the game. Uh, they give $100 every time the Oilers score to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, so we thank them from that. All right, you're still going to hear from Zach Cassian, and we're happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. We are on the hotline sponsored by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way, 4-0 Oilers. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. To Eichel on the right side for Stone. To Eichel, comes into the Oiler end down that right wing. He'll shoot it, save made by Smith on a sharp angle shot, back in behind the net, Stone centering it, and that one goes back to the void. Petrangelo, a shot and a glove save, made by Smith, he'll hold on. Hard shot by Petrangelo as he came in from the right wing point. Smith is dialed in. Another shutout for Mike Smith. That's his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. 39 saves today. He made 30 on Thursday in Nashville. So back-to-back shutouts. He's got a note here. Uh, seventh goalie over 40 to record back-to-back shutouts. And he has had three shutouts in a row. It was back in uh, late March, early April of 2012 but he, he was outstanding looking calm he's so uh active back there and energetic and again rob i know it's his third year with the oilers and we've seen him in the league for ever you know, 13 15 14 years whatever it is but it, it's still almost shocking to see him play the puck in person not just that he plays it but the times he plays the puck and baits the forecheck <laughs> and sometimes even will do a, a little spin and shield the guy like it's almost sudden like he thinks he's Zach Hyman or Leon Dreisaitl yeah. down low and and then make a play his confidence is unparalleled well it's funny you saw a versus Z in this game a being the best Z being the worst uh, Mike Smith compared to Logan Thompson in the other end every time Thompson came out there was a nervousness in his game the one time he kicked the puck to get it by the defender because he he muffed the two passes when he felt pressure all of a sudden it was just a, a free-for-all just get rid of the puck as quick as possible where Mike Smith when he feels pressure it seems like he gets even stronger and he does he'll use head fakes he'll fake his body to try and get someone to bite and go the opposite direction there are there are defensemen in the National Hockey League that will panic more with the puck on their stick in their own zone than Mike Smith does. And and, and think about it, Mike Smith's got a blocker and a, and a catching glove to control the puck, but he has got more confidence than a number of players defensemen in the NHL. When there's there's defensemen that if the, if they get under stress, they're throwing the puck away. They don't even care where the puck goes. They just want it out of their hands. Mike Smith will wait to the last possible minute, looking for that right play. So. Uh, again, and we've talked about it time and time again, if Mike Smith is your starter come day one or game one of the playoffs, he gives you something that no other team in the National Hockey League has. He has it's a third defenseman where he can take away the other team's forecheck, and he changes the way the other yeah. team plans to play against you because of the way he comes out and gets the puck. And, and the other side had one power play today, but he tried it, and we've seen him tried on other occasions. If, if you're an Oilers forward on the power play and the other team ices the puck you better sprint to an onside position because smith might get the puck yep. especially if he sees the penalty killers trying changing. to change he's gonna fire it back up and and you saw that today that uh, i can't remember who he tried to pass it to but they were almost like oh he's gonna pass yeah. it to me and they had to hustle to get onside but, and that's such an advantage too because when a, when a team ices the puck they are a penalty killing team they're desperate to get off 
desperate, and especially if it's in the opposite end where in the second period. And Mike Smith reads that, and he gets out as quick as he can, and he's trying to get it up. And we've seen it, I don't know how many times this year, where he gets it up and he catches them coming on. Now they're in disarray because it's it, they're sprinting to get back without going to any certain position, just trying to save a 1-on-0 a or a 2-on-0. So Mike Smith, uh, having him play as well as he is defensively, stay, stopping the puck, but his ability to play the puck up to his forwards, up to his D-men, uh, it just sets him apart, and they are getting quality starts from Mike Smith right now, the type that we saw last year. By the way, the power play story for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. The Oilers go 0 for 1, Vegas 0 for 3. The Oilers score shorthanded for the second consecutive game. They're 11th of the season. The official on the goal is different than what was announced in the arena. It is now Nugent Hopkins with his 11th from Derek Ryan. Evander Kane was driving the net and created havoc on the plate. Good drive by mm -hmm. Nugent Hopkins, first of all, and then whether Kane touched it or not, he was doing his job. It's kind of a funny play because as the puck went in, the net got jostled and it came out underneath the back of the net. The net got lifted up probably just mm -hmm. enough for the puck to get underneath. And I think also when the puck was in the net, it was right along the white strip. So I don't think the ref no, can it, see it. And then he sees it on the other outside the net, so he waves it off. But the, the replay it, got it right. Well, it was, the ref made the right play. He, he waved it off. The puck wasn't in the net when he saw it. And then he went right to the replay. So that's the way it's supposed to be done. That's why the rules didn't play. Great play by R&H. Again, we talk about this time and time again. The Edmonton Oilers penalty killing aren't just trying to ice the puck. If they get the puck and the, the whole bench will yell, the goaltender yell, the defenseman, if you have time. And if they hear that we have time, they start to go uh, on the offense. And again, the players that are on the ice on, as the power play for the opposition team, they're not thinking defense at any point when they're on the power play. And you can catch them. And the Edmonton Oilers, that's another weapon they have right now. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Oilers beat the Golden Knights 4-0. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Ron from Red Deer standing by. Ron, are you going to the uh, Rebels Oil Kings regular season finale tonight? I am doing skip the dishes again. I assume that means delivering, not ordering. Yeah. Okay, what's <laughs> on your mind? Um, I, I loved how Smith commented about, uh, about details. And I'm actually thinking this might be our best coach ever in Oilers history but time will tell and that's all I want to say that, that I, might be I a, do think time will tell that, I agree yes, with that part that might be an early call because the Oilers have had some good coaches and have won some Stanley Cups uh, but uh, Jay Woodcroft has got the room right now doing exactly what he needs them to do and this team is playing very well underneath him We'll quickly update the scoreboard here for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and new semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Ottawa, Toronto, scoreless first period. Capitals, Canadians, scoreless first period. Jets and Lightning are tied 1-1. The Lightning, I thought that was a high stick by It looked Lord, like one, and they, they didn't. said no. They did, I don't think so they even, counted. yeah, I don't even think they even went no, to. No, they, they, did they were reviewing it. Oh, okay, it did look high. It looked like where the puck hit his stick was above the crossbar. Oh, it was I certainly. mean, his, his hands were below the crossbar, but, his, but who knows? Uh, Jets, man. That's we were just saying off air. That's got to be a. They're a big disappointment. To me, they're the biggest disappointment in the National Hockey League this year. I thought they were uh, a lock at a playoff spot with yeah. the moves that they made. So yeah, very very disappointing. Flyers leading the Sabers two nothing with six minutes left in the first. Uh, key game for the Oilers later on. Blue Jackets and Kings. Key game for well maybe a bigger well it is a bigger game for Vegas now than yeah. it is for the Oilers. But keep an eye on that one. It doesn't start till eight thirty. 
We got the uh, Flames playing at 8 against the Coyotes. A couple other games coming up later as well. Predators beat Chicago 4-3. That's an important win for them. Bruins knock off the Penguins 2-1. Rangers shut out Detroit 4-0. This could be a great series. Uh, Blues had a 4-1 lead going to the third. They blew it. It was 5-5 going to overtime, and the Blues win in overtime. I, I, I didn't quite see everything because our game was going on, but there was some fight or... Big that, scrum at the end of the second period as I well. Agree. That could be a great series. I think that's going to be a fantastic series. Both teams are very good. Both teams uh, are loaded with uh, big, physical, nasty-type hockey players. Uh, that, that's one that when you're looking, you're setting up your TV schedule come May, you're like, okay, what time is the Minnesota-St. Louis game on? i got to make sure I watch that. That'll be fun hockey to watch. Blue Jays lost 7-5 to Oakland, and the Raptors trail Philly 67-51 late in the first half of their opening playoff game. Okay, uh, we got a couple guys on hold. We are going to get to you. We're going to sneak in another timeout. Edmonton wins 4-0 over Vegas. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. Along the boards to Waugh, all the way to the blue line to Martinez. Then it's given away, and here comes Fogel. Down the left wing, and over the line goes to the net. Backhand, scores! Warren Fogel, what a move! He makes it 3-0 Edmonton. The unassisted breakaway effort for Fogel, his 12th of the season, made it 3 0, 5 16 into the third. The Oilers go on to beat the Golden Knights 4 0. That was the score in favor of Vegas back here on February 9th in what uh, turned out to be Dave Tippett's last game, February 8th, pardon me, which turned out to be Dave Tippett's last game as the coach of the Oilers to uh, beat Vegas in the season series three games to one. If the Oilers could have got to five today, we would have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. 4 nothing. Oilers win it back-to-back shutouts for Smith. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline and Sir Robert is standing by. Hey, Sir Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean... Uh... I mean, I guess what I want to say is I like I like how the I like how the team found a way to. I mean, you know, I mean, I know when you say four nothing, you don't you don't necessarily think that the team had to had to maybe had to grind out the win. But I like how. But I, I mean, but I like how. I mean, like uh, I like how everybody, like all the forwards, all four lines, and I thought. That, well, uh, well, and even on the back end, I thought like I mean like all uh, I mean like all seven D. I thought were good tonight. Smith obviously, thirty nine saves. He's in. A, I mean he's in a groove. So, I mean uh, I guess what I want to say is you know, I, I mean honestly whoever they play in the playoffs, whether it's uh, Vegas or L A. I mean obviously in my opinion the easier matchup, not that. I mean, not that there's really anything easy in the playoffs. I personally, I'd rather play LA, but I think, uh, I think against Vegas, I think that's still, that's still a series. I would still give the edge to the Oilers. I'm not sure what you guys think, and I guess, uh, I guess that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, it's always. I know we talked about this the other night <laughs> about tough teams. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, any playoff series. Yep. I mean, maybe except for whoever Colorado plays, if you say somebody is favored, it's what, 60-40? If you played 100 series, 55-45? I mean, they're all pretty close. I agree, but Colorado plays Dallas. Dallas plays that boring style and and, and can knock them up. And was it Ken Holland? Was he the one that talked about the fact that 
just keep making the playoffs and eventually you'll have that one run where everything bounces your way you get the goalie uh, stand on his head one player becomes a hero all the uh, the good things that could possibly happen happen for you but to do get that you've got to be in the playoffs and the Oilers I think are in that state uh, of as a team where they're going to be a playoff team each and every year and they just need that one magical run so uh, there there will be favorites going into the playoffs but as we saw last year no one I think Montreal is John Shannon said Montreal was only going to play three games in the playoffs they're going to lose three straight to the Toronto Maple Leafs they go to the Stanley Cup finals get to the playoffs find a little magic and good things can happen so whoever I, the others they have the, they have the ability to run all the way through and there's whoever they play in the first round has the ability to knock them off in the first round yep. but the others are playing right now very well they're peaking. Their goaltenders are peaking. That bodes well for them come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the style they're playing. I, I know that Woodcroft and, and Smith talked about it today mm-hmm. and, and other uh, players in interviews in recent weeks as well. And, uh, you know, Smith credited what McDavid and Dreisaitl are doing without yep. the puck. You know, Woodcroft commented on that as well. And, 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 and as, as you and I often talk about, there's never a perfect game. Nope. You know, hockey is a game of flow. It's it can be a game of bounces. Mm-hmm. You know, Vegas was better the first ten minutes of the game. Yep. Uh, they had a lot of shots in the third. Some of that was the effect of the score being mm-hmm. what it was. But I, I mean, yes, you want to go out there and make plays, but you have to be able to stem the tide. You have to be able to limit the damage against you. Well, the last couple of games, the Oilers have been able to do that, and that's going to be important because you're going to get into postseason games. That are stressful. They're going to skate out. Uh, they're going to skate out under the ice in L.A., Vegas, Calgary, somewhere, and the crowds is going to be 18,000 people yelling death at them, and the <laughs> home team's going to come out with tons of energy. You got to survive that. All, yeah, well, those, all those little things. Every team has a stretch in a game. Even even the worst, the teams at the bottom, Arizona will go into a game and they'll have a stretch where the the better team for six, seven, eight minutes. You have to survive that. And if you survive that, when you have your stretch, you got to be better and you got to capitalize and you got to execute well. And the Oilers are doing it. It starts with their goaltender. But the Oilers are not trading chances like we've seen in the past. Um, tonight, the Vegas had the one partial two-on-one that Yamamoto came back on. And I'm trying to think, I don't know if there was a, anything else where they had the odd man break against. And that's good. That's good for the Edmonton Oilers because they have a couple players that only need one chance. A Leon or a Connor, give them one opportunity, they're going to score. And I'll put their one opportunity against any other teams in the National Hockey League's one opportunity. Keep the keep it a low-event hockey game, and I believe the Edmonton Oilers have a better chance of winning. Well, and I think, you know, it's... I mean, we had just had the caller saying Woodcroft's the best coach in team <laughs> history. We'll, we'll wait on that for sure. We might have to wait several years for yes. that, I, I think, to be fair. But good for what he's doing. I, I mean, I... I to compare him to Tippett, what did we see about Tippett? M- my complaints, anyway. Overplaying the stars. Mm-hmm. Yes, those guys still play a lot, but it doesn't get the sense that it's being overplayed. And he's committed to not putting them on the same line. With yep. Trough, with Leon and Drysaddle, and yep. now with Nuge back. Makes and, it easier, yeah. And, and, and like you said, with Tippett, we were seeing, especially late in his tenure, we were seeing a lot of odd man rushes against. Oh, yes. So... You know, the players knew they were supposed to defend it, but something wasn't clicking. I also think 
the Oilers are forechecking. Like they're more likely now to just throw the puck behind the net and forecheck as opposed to fool around with it up high. You turn it over up high, well, it might be a three-on-two or a two-on-one the other way. There's a great example later in the game tonight where Leon Draisaitl came up the ice, looking around, looking around, nothing, and he dumped the puck in. Yeah. And we see that more at him. Evander Kane does it all the time. He, there's no play. I'm not going to turn it over. He gets it in deep. He gets on the forecheck. Nugent Hopkins. Uh, when your skilled players dump the puck in, then everyone has to follow suit. And I think too, too often in the past, the Oilers' third and fourth players, fourth line players, would be trying to beat guys one-on-one -on -one and turn the puck over in the neutral zone and get going the other way. So I think there's some system changes that has allowed the Edmonton Oilers not to get caught in odd man breaks, but also the fact that the coach got fired. So when the coach gets fired, that means the players on the ice weren't doing a good enough job. So that guy's just lost his job. So when a new guy comes in, it's a new voice. Sometimes he says the same thing, maybe says it a different way. Now you're like, okay, well, it didn't work for the last guy. And this guy's saying we better do this as well. Let's buy into it. And I've been on many teams where he, the new coach comes in. It, he says it a little bit differently, but the whole thought process is the same. And all right, here's another voice telling us something that we need to, to be better at. And the final one on that is when your stars buy in, you can have success. And I've been on teams where the stars have bought in, and I've been on teams where they haven't. And when yep. the stars don't buy in, it's really, it, there's just uh, some dissatisfaction amongst your team. There's guys like, well, okay, I'm sitting on the bench because I didn't get that last puck in, and I haven't got a shift in 12 minutes. That guy just did it three times, and he's still playing. And you can't have a team like that. Well, and I think another thing, to be fair to Tippett, because I don't want to make sound like we're coming on here and ripping nope. the guy. Oh, no. If you look at his record with the Oilers, it was actually pretty good. Yes. They're, they're healthier as well. I mean, the, I mean, I guess Kyle Turris is on LTIR, who probably was going to be an extra forward anyway. Uh, Yamamoto looks like he's going to be okay after blocking that shot. So we got to acknowledge that makes a difference. Well, too. makes a when difference. And, you know, a significant number of games in, what, December and January, one of Nuge and Hyman weren't playing. Well, this Most is, the time. I mean, Dave Tippett was coaching the team that started 16-5. and five. So he, he did have this team playing very well at times. Then they ran to injuries, COVID, and poor goaltending. And all of those uh, uh, doomed him. A uh, new coach came in. They got a little healthier. They picked up, I mean, Evander Kane started finding his stride. Uh, they are a good hockey club. And I, and I like, and, and he touched on it, I like when they go 11-7. and seven. I think the strength of the Oilers is up front. That's where their stars are. When you go 11 and 7, that means your star players get to play more and you get to put them in more situations and you put stress on the other team because now when you think you're going to get to relax on a shift because they're sending out their fourth line, when the Oilers send out their fourth line, well, that fourth line now has Leon or Connor or one of the other stars. So there's really no break. You don't get to say, okay, we're sending our fourth line out, third pairing defenseman. We're going to have about a 45 second to minute time to, you know, recapture our, our, our energy on the bench and then start going forward. Well, now, well, now we got our fourth line out there with their third pairing defenseman and Connor McDavid coming against them. So. I really do like when they go 11 and 7. David played uh, quite a bit today, 22 29. It was 1956 for Dry Settle. Hyman got up to 21 32. He played quite a bit. Oilers win 4 0 over the Golden Knights. We'll get to Brian on the phone line in a couple of minutes, and also you'll hear from Zach Cassian. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Smith, the shutout. Russell, CC, Fogel, and Nugent Hopkins, the goals. Oilers win it 4 0 over the Golden Knights. We'll go to Brian on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Brian. Hey, how are you guys? Very good. Hey, hey, hey Rob, I want to uh, say thank you. I really appreciate your insights. 
Um, you've been there and done that, and you've got a lot to add to the program. Uh, well, thank I you. really I appreciate, appreciate it. it. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I got a couple of thoughts. I really do like that Jay Wood Woodcroft has deployed his assets differently than Tippett did, and that's the best thing. And because he knows those guys from Bakersfield, and Dave didn't really take a lot of chances with them. He didn't really want to bring them up, and uh, I'm glad that Jay's there. But here's the thought I want to get to. I coached a lot of minor hockey, and out of necessity, I ended up with, like, say, I'd have eight forwards one day for a game. Okay, what are we going to do, guys? Well, we're going to run three sets of wings and two centers. And you get your better guys on the ice more, and they're almost double shifted, but not quite. And that's what Jay's doing when you go to 11 and 7. You get your better guys on the ice more, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and it's fantastic. And, and and Dave Tippett never tried that. He never did those kind of things. And Jay's doing a great job. But no. here's the thing that you run into trouble with. Yamo got hurt today, but he was able to come back. So now we're down to 10 forwards. What about the idea of, okay, now we've got extra D. Why don't we bump Tyson Berry up to wing? and bring up, now we're back to normal. Like Tyson Berry, I really think could play wing. And I would I would push him to do that if I was coaching that team. <laughs> but, because uh, he's so offensively minded and I'd love to see him playing forward. Yeah. I, I, what are your thoughts? I played, I was a defenseman until my second year of junior, then I moved up to forward. And it's, it, the older you get, the harder it is to make the change. I think they, I, I don't think they want to move one of their defensemen up. I think they like the fact that they have 11 and 7. Now, if someone gets hurt, I mean, to the, to the Oilers, they're like, well, okay, I guess we're going to have to play Connor and Leon a little bit more. So I don't think it would really bother them. Um, most most player, most defensemen in the National Hockey League in a pinch if needed. If all of a sudden three guys went down with injuries up front, they could always find someone to move up and play forward. And Tyson Berry obviously be uh, a, an easy one. But uh, to me, they like the fact that if they take one forward out of the lineup, that means Connor or Leon or one of the stars are going to get a little more ice time. And moving a defenseman up at this point in his career, like a Tyson Berry, I think you're just asking for problems. Just for in the defensive zone, understanding what your role is, what your positioning is. You don't want to have Tyson Berry out there misread something, and that's a winning goal in a 3-2 hockey game. So unless it's absolute, complete necessity, I think they're pretty happy going 11-7 and seven, and then rotating the forwards when needed. All right, Oilers win it 4-0. Back downstairs, here's Zach Cassian. Ups and flows, highs and lows throughout the season. Obviously, Smitty's dealt with uh, some injuries, but he's put in a lot of work behind uh, behind closed doors, and uh, he's got himself ready. We're, um, he's playing big games for us right now. Same with Koski. Both of them are playing big minutes, but um, to have Smitty playing the way he is when the games matter and this close to playoffs is definitely a, a big booster for our club. This was... A really important game and I know they all are but you're putting some separation between you and this team uh, and you know your group came out and played just that really solid game how how meaningful is it that you can throw that game out there on a night like tonight it's big yeah every game's 
big from here on out. You look at the standings, you can't have, uh, can't really lose two in a row with uh, how tight everything is. But obviously Vegas is feeling good about their game. They they went in and, and whacked a good Calgary team and they come in here and for us to put a statement game together like that just helps our group confidence-wise. Obviously Smitty played good. The D moved the puck. Fords were, were playing 200-foot games tonight. And when you do that, more times than not, you're going to have success. Well, that game didn't mathematically clinch second place or playoff position, but it essentially did. Um, you and five other Oilers uh, experienced the scene in this building and uh, around the community in 2016-17. Uh, uh, can you speak to being on the edge of that experience again and how you felt with the crowd in there tonight and all that stuff? Yeah, it's... It's amazing. It's, uh, it's uh, in my opinion, and anyone that was here during that run, best fans in the league. It's uh, the playoffs hit, and they hit another gear. Um, they, they, they get extremely passionate. They're passionate through the season, but they get uh, extremely passionate. They're loud. It's a tough place to play. And when you have fans like that and your team's playing well on the ice and uh, we're doing the right things, it's a tough place to come in and and win games for other opponents, which is nice. All right, that is Zach Cassian as the Oilers win it 4 nothing over the Golden Knights. Two straight shutouts for Mike Smith. The Oilers are 44-26-6 on the season. Our next game broadcast is Wednesday, home against Dallas, 5 o'clock face-off show. The game is at 6.30. Thanks to our technical crew, Troy Bowler and Angie Quinnell. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Happy Easter. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.